Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be able to bring the message today. I don't know if I've told you yet, but uh, the story of Nehemiah is one of my favourites. I think this is an inspiring story. I think it's an encouraging story. I think it's a story of faith, of hard work and the blessing and favour of God for all to see. That when we say, yes, and here I am, Lord, when we cry out to the Lord in prayer, the Lord hears our heart, and as he hears our heart, he's encouraged, he moves. He might invite us to do hard things, big things, but the things of God are to his glory and to our good. Hopefully somebody's shared the reading with you already this morning. Bless you, whoever you are, sharing the morning reading, whether you're in Stone or Ainsford. I'm obviously uh, really grateful for you taking one for the team. That's a, a mighty list of names. Don't worry, I'm not completely off the hook sharing those names. But uh, if we haven't had the reading yet, maybe we just need to hit pause and uh, get someone up here to do that now. This is, um, this is a big reading. <laughs> In fact, it's all of Nehemiah 3. And that's what I'm going to try and tackle for us this morning, all of Nehemiah 3. You know, as you were hearing that reading, perhaps you, like me, were listening to this list of biblical names and thinking, wow, what a huge and complicated list. I know growing up in the church, I'm a pretty churched kid. Uh, in fact, my grandparents were missionaries. My parents helped plant a church in the 90s. I contributed, although probably not very much. And so as I look at this passage, this mighty list of names, I remember hearing stories about people like Nehemiah as a kid. I remember looking at these biblical lists and looking at these mighty lists of names and thinking to myself, wow, that is a boring list. <laughs> but you see, this isn't just a complicated list of names and places, of things and people doing things. It's so much more than that. First, there's value to a name. Did you know that there's value in a name? The name of Jesus, I believe, is the name for which every knee will bow and every heart that confesses Jesus as their Lord and Savior will, will be rescued from the wages of sin, which are death, and saved into the light of Christ. There's value in a name. The name of Jesus is the name on which we call. In fact, we call people by their name. Have you ever noticed when someone says your name, you feel a little bit more known, a little bit more seen? When someone knows your name, there's a positive association. Psychologists recognize that there is a positive association with using somebody's name there's actually value in using somebody's name and you know your name has value because it identifies you your name matters 
Your name identifies you. In fact, names have such value that even things we buy want to have a name. (laughs) This is the basis of branding. People try and make a name. Make a name known. I think it's crazy that you can buy the same product, but because it has a name on it, the name you can trust, it carries additional weight. These things are identified by a name, and that name has a positive connotation, and so we add value to it. We as Christians carry a name. We carry the name of Christ. Christians, meaning little Christs. And so my question to you this morning, and I'll say to this again in a moment, my question to you right now is what have you put your name to? What have you put your name to? Are you a part of this church? Are you a member? Are you an attendee? Are you committed in some way? Do you feel like this place is for you and you're for it? What have you put your name down for? What have you put your name down for? Question. What have you put your name down for? You know, when you become a member, when you become an attendee, a participant, when you say this is going to be my church family, my church home, what does that mean to you? The people here have their names down. Their names have been taken down and their names have been taken down for a reason. Their names have been taken down because of what they're doing. They're doing something remarkable and their names are recorded thousands of years later because of the job that they were doing. I think that's amazing. You see, there's tremendous value in legacy. There's value in a name and there's value in legacy. I think many people would like to think that they're building something to last, something with longevity. I've really been giving the issue of longevity thought. Longevity is a tough trick to pull off. Building things that last rather than just quick wins must be our goal. You know, that isn't to say that quick wins are a bad thing. You've got to have some quick wins to feel like you're getting something done, to measure your impact, to feel like you're making some progress. We've had some quick wins. We'll have some more. But longevity, that has to be what we're striving for. Salvation in Christ has greater longevity than anything else I've ever come across. Our eternal future secure in him. The people here are committing to do something that's going to last. In fact, the record of what they've done in many ways has outlasted the work of their hands. While the things they built might be significant, The testimony to their hard work, to their endeavour, is what we're considering this morning. Both the positive and the negative here is recorded. We've got a record of the nobles who didn't participate. And we've got a record of those people who did. 
And so I think it's clear that as we read through this mighty list, made up of many parts, made up of complicated names, And whether you're thinking about doors or walls, bolts and bars, everyday things, or whether you're seeing the bigger picture here, the value of legacy is pretty clear. And so I want to ask, what are we building that's going to last? Are we leaning in, in this moment, as a church, This is a great big passage and it comes after another great couple of passages. You know, the story of Nehemiah is a great one. And um, right before they start building the walls, Nehemiah goes out and he surveys by himself the job at hand. I wonder what was going through his mind as he went out to survey the job before they got started. I wonder, did he feel full of apprehension, fear? Was he worried that this was too big of a job, more than he was going to be able to do? There's a well-known saying, and it says, um, if your plans aren't so big they scare you, they're probably not (laughs) God-sized. I love that. I think God encourages us to do some remarkable things in his name. Things that often seem too big to me. I don't know about you. Perhaps that's something you don't struggle with. But I know it's something that I sometimes wonder about. And so he goes out and he looks. And he looks and he looks. And then he comes back and he gets on with the job at hand. Nehemiah gets on with the job at hand. You know, that's the secret to building things that last. The secret to longevity, the secret to legacy. (laughs) Getting on with the job at hand. You see, in the moment, these things can seem big, overwhelming, too much. But actually, when we come and we get on with the job at hand, when God is in it, when we have prayed before we begin, when we take that time to recognize the things of God, the call of God, then our legacy in Christ is secure. And the things he's asking us to do are beyond us. They may take longer than we think they're going to. They may be harder than we think they should be. But we know also that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance faith. See, these people are doing something worth recording. And I think that's a wonderful challenge and encouragement to us all, doing something worth recording. What are we doing, church? 
I know we're called to be human beings, not human doings. But what are we doing in the name of God? What has Christ given us to do? What is our assignment? I think it's to be church. To be one church in two locations, yes, but more than that, just church in the room. I want to encourage you to be in the room. If you possibly can be, be in the room. If you can't be, be church, wherever you are, with the people that you're with, be an extension of our church, wherever you are. Let's be church together. Let's relate to one another well. Let's share in taking responsibility for the kingdom here together. Be it in prayer, be it in our tithes and offerings, be it in our acts of service. Let's be church together today. And then let's be church together tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And as the days go by, we're going to get something done. There's great value in getting it done. There's a job and it needs doing. That job is the Missio Dei, the mission of God. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're rebuilding. We're building the temple of God, which resides in each one of our hearts. It's not a building, although we have wonderful buildings. A beautiful building here in Ainsford. A wonderfully versatile building there in stone. Perhaps you're tuning in from Blossom's care home this morning. And... Um, in that building, you're thinking, well, this is where I live. You know, that place can be church too. We're gathering in Jesus' name. That's what it means to be church, where two or three are gathered. I think these rooms are wonderful places to be. One house, many rooms. It's an interesting idea, isn't it? The house of God, many rooms. It's where the family of God live. It's where they come to worship, they come to pray and to praise and go out from. Sanctuary, celebration. And these places need building up. You see, as I read this passage, I'm struck by all of the little steps. I think sometimes we don't recognize that church is a team sport where everyone needs to play. Nehemiah couldn't have done it alone. The moment you start reading this list, you realize he couldn't have done it on his own. We have this family, and then this family, and then this tribe, and then this group of people, and that group of people, and you know, they're all working hard together. Family and friends, serving the Lord serving the vision that Nehemiah has brought from God. I don't think they could have done it without Nehemiah or they'd have done it already. Their leader was appointed by God. The call upon his life is clear. He's turned up with the blessing and favor of human kings and his heavenly father, and he's getting the job done. That's the challenge for us, to get the job done. As I read this list of names, some names seem more special than others. Perhaps you don't feel terribly special. You know, as I read this list, 
You've got governors of provinces, goldsmiths, and then you've got normal people, sons and daughters. And yes, while you may have great rulers, they're just doing the job in front of them. As I read through this passage, I think that's so evident. You know, these people were working on the fountain gate, and these other people next to them, not far along, working on the dung gate. <laughs> and without the dung gate, you can't complete the walls. Without the fountain gate, you can't complete the walls. Each one is doing the job that needs doing, the job that's in front of them, humbly, deliberately, servant-heartedly. And so while, yes, some did not participate like those naughty nobles, a great many more did. The low and the high. Sons and daughters, sons with daughters. Sons and fathers. The whole family hard at work. And as these people worked, I wonder what was going through their mind. Did they have tough days? I think they probably did. Did they hurt themselves from time to time? Almost certainly. But they persevere. In many ways, this story reminds me of mission weeks from previous years there in Stone. <laughs> I remember some great years. I remember lists of names. There was one year, one morning at the start of the service, after a very full, busy, heavy mission week, I remember standing with a whiteboard and marker and just writing down the names. Name after name after name after name. You know we got to more than 30 names of people who had participated in that week. That was a few years ago now. The pandemic has made it hard for us to do things like that, but we're coming back, we're building back better, <laughs> is the phrase I keep hearing time and again. But in previous years, those names, the work that they've done, I remember, do you remember? Perhaps here in Ainsford, you're looking forward to those weeks to come. I remember us all getting stuck in for the glory of God. <laughs> I remember skips, taller than six foot tall men. I remember this per person painted this piece of wall from here to there, and then the next person from there to here, <laughs> from the door to the back hall, to the wall with the clock, this person, that person, and the other painted. <laughs> Fun memories. You see, this list of normal things, 
gates, doors, bolts and bars, everyday things, accumulate, they add up. And just in this story, as the people get on with the bit in front of them, possibly each slightly daunted by the task of the whole, they get on with the piece in front of them, they apply themselves to the ministry that the Lord has placed in front of them, to the need that they see, to the opportunity to serve. If we're a bit more Pentecostal, I'd get a good amen by now. <laughs> you know, applying ourselves to the piece in front of us, to the job in front of us, to the thing that the Lord is placing in front of us, it might seem small to you, but it's going to complete the walls going to build back better. A little bit of faithfulness goes a long way. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. A little bit of faithfulness goes a long way. And whether you feel like you're stuck rebuilding the dung gate or whether you've got the fountain gate, the everyday becomes extraordinary when completed in the name of the Lord. And so that's what I think our challenge is. It's to do the extraordinary by doing the ordinary. The challenge to us is to put our name down. To see a job, to say, here I am. You know, that might be really simple. You might be thinking, well, what does that look like? What does it look like? What is the section of the wall that I can repair? metaphorically speaking. For some of you, it might be serving in Children's Connect. For others of you, it could be something as simple as helping with the chairs or serving tea and coffee. For others still, you might say, well, I could come down and cut the grass. How long does it take? An hour and a half to do the back and the front? Sure, I can do that. You know, churches aren't built by the few, but by the sacrifice of the many. We want to make a sacrifice of service. I think that's my title this morning, if you were wondering, a sacrifice of service. Rebuilding the wall, a sacrifice of service. A sacrifice of service. And so just to recap, there's value in a name. A name identifies a person, and a person is important to us, to God. You are important to us. Where have you put your name down? What will you put your name to? Where are you serving the Lord? Where do you belong? Who are your people? The value of legacy building something that lasts. We all want to build something that lasts, right? Something with longevity, something that outlasts us, you and me. We recognize that church is a team sport, that no one of us can do it alone. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. We've got to do it together. The call of God on our lives is bigger than you or me. It's too big for us without God. And so that's why we pray. We start in prayer, we survey the job, and then we do what's in front of us. I love how simple this is. 
I love how simple it is to practice faith. You get up, you commit your day to the Lord, you do what's in front of you to the best of your ability, you honour God, you put him first, and then at the end of the day you go to sleep, wake up and repeat. Whether that's loving your family, parents playing with your kids, doing the job that's in front of you, whether it's serving in church, perhaps it's mission week this coming year, perhaps you want to put your name down now. <laughs> if you do, you can always send us a message through the church website. I know some of you are excited for things like that. And I'll be honest, I'm never sad when I receive a, a message like that come through. But you see, when we do the everyday, it becomes extraordinary when completed in the name of the Lord. Let's give God our best. Let's serve him together. Let's let our list of names form a lasting legacy, a testimony to grace, to favour and to faithfulness. Let's let our names matter, not for our sake, but for the kingdom of God. What are we building together? I'd love to just pray for us as we consider this message. I've tried to keep it really simple and short and sweet. The value of a name, the value of legacy, the value of fellowship. The value of a name, the value of legacy, the value of fellowship, and lastly, the value of service. We serve together, we serve God. Where would we put our name down? Is it in the book of life? Big questions for a Sunday morning. Hey, perhaps you pray with me. Father God, I thank you that your name matters more than ours. I thank you that you invite us by name to put our name down that you invite us to put our name down and say, I belong to you. I'm going to be a part of this. Father, I thank you that we're building something that's going to outlast us all. And Father, I pray that it would always be to your glory. I pray that it, our church would have longevity. I thank you that our salvation is secure in Christ. And I thank you that church is a team sport where everybody plays. Father, that is the basis of our fellowship, church. And so, Father, as we consider service, as we consider how we participate and what that means, Father, inspire us, encourage us, challenge us. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for all those times you have served us and we thank you that we get to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.